Well, Josie, I think it's clear what the, the major talking point is for you. You went behind. It looked like you'd equalised more or less straight away. How hard done by do you feel that that goal was then chalked off? I don't want... I, I would like to, but I can't say what I, what I think. I'll be... I'll be in trouble. I'll be suspended. I don't want to be. Uh, welcome back to the What's Happening podcast. Um, today I have Dean on, and today is a follow-up episode, as opposed to the previous VAR episode um, that Dean listened to, and obviously had grievances with either what we said or agreed, and just wanted to come on and have a rant, which I don't really blame him for. But that there was basically Mourinho complaining about a VAR decision. I think it was against Watford last year or something. Um, I can't really remember the incident, but there's two things raised in that. The first one is that. You know, he's obviously angry we have we have our incident, which is the norm every game. And two, he doesn't want to speak because he says, oh, it gets suspended or whatever. So basically, there's the issue of our and then there's the issue of referees, which was sort of discussed in the last one about, you know, they're how they're, you know, untouchable or whatever, like like the gods and fucking Mount Olympus or, you know, you can't say a word about them. But the first thing we'll start off with is VAR itself. I suppose it maybe flows into the same thing. So we had a lot of grievances with VAR the first time round in the first podcast we done um on this and dean you know agreed with a lot of them disagreed with some but the first thing i'll ask you dean is we've obviously discussed you know some of the issues that have happened with our but what do you think is the main the biggest problem for why it doesn't work particularly in england well first and foremost thanks for having me on i know hello no problem um i think there's two main reasons why var doesn't work as its current guys at the minute um the first one is the definition of clear and obvious. You know, we're sitting here and we're watching football and subjective decisions which are being, you know, checked afterwards by VAR and we're sitting going like, how can you overturn a subjective decision? And then it was brought in to deal with clear and obvious errors. You know, why are we sitting looking at absolutely every single incident? You know, why Why has yeah. the clear and obvious part of VAR gone out of the system and now we're looking at every single minimal decision that's made in the Premier League in its current guise that is checked? But and that's s- what we're waiting on. You said, why has it went out of the system? I don't think it ever was in the system. Like, even when VAR was first introduced in England, it was always, they were checking basically everything. Yeah, but it shouldn't have been. No, you're right. It should yeah. have been taken from the instance, like people forget that everyone's complaining saying VR's ruined the game and it needs to be brought back but VR was there as you touched on the last one it's been there for nearly yeah. like 10 years now other European leagues introduced I think Italy were the first to introduce it back in 2014 you know you never hear about continental issues no you never do and you never hear about too many issues in the Champions League either because the Champions League look at it as clear and obvious errors and they're clearing up things that are completely and utterly wrong yeah you know but we're sitting looking at things that are completely subjective and completely, you know, a moment's notice. I understand that a referee can't see everything. But, you know, we're again going to somebody who's slowing it down, looking at different angles, changing everything. You know, if you're really going to do it that way and look at every incident, then you should be looked at once in real time. Yeah. Because that's what the referee gets. I think, like, um, you know, that is a very good point that I don't think we really touched on in the last episode was, you know, as you say about how it's clear, what is clear and obvious. And it, you know, at the start when VAR came in, I remember saying, you know, after any decision, I was like, oh, is it clear and obvious? It was the first thing you raised with your mates when you, it went to VAR. You were like, yeah, maybe it's the wrong decision, but is it clear and obvious? As in, that's what you thought was happening. 
now you just see a decision and no matter how wrong it is if it's like you know the smallest mistake like let's say he doesn't nick the ball by half a millimeter or he touches the ball just about you're instantly going oh that's going to be overturned or it's not you know and it has become that as you say that culture of right var is the referee if you know what i mean like the officials because when var came in the you know the sort of prerogative given the officials was referee the game as you would normally referee the game and then from that you know we'll then step in if you make you know a clear and obvious error but to me almost now it seems as if especially in penalty decisions there's a lot of tackles i see in the box and stuff that referees would have given in the past that they don't give now because they're like oh well var will let you get away with it and you know the perfect example is with diving and stuff nine times out of ten before if a player dived in the box but it looked like in real time it looks real right and it looks pretty pretty rough the ref won't give it anymore because because they think oh there might be a shed of doubt i'd rather not give it and have it played on for being a dive than give it and have it overturned do you know what i mean like because every decision is checked now referees they're almost scared to make a decision but do you know why no so something that's not that's the second point i'm gonna bring up in a wee second about why vr doesn't work is referees themselves but there's only two countries in Europe that have professional referees, full-time referees. England and Italy. Everywhere else, they have second jobs. They're part-time yeah. referees, part-time. Like, Felix Brick is one of the best referees in the world from Germany. He's a doctor. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. His stage job is a doctor, yeah. and he does Champions League. So he's away, he's treating patients in the morning, and he's away doing a Champions <laughs> League game in Italy. You know, so yeah. the reason why is that, right? But what people maybe don't know it's referees get a £50,000 bonus at the end of the year, depending on how many decisions they actually get right. They're, they're ranked in a performance pool. Who's so this, by UEFA? Or? No, by the Premier oh, by Premier League. PFA? Uh, yeah, no, the Premier League Games Management, oh, the, right, the referees okay, yes. thing. They're actually checking, and you're ranked, you know, and that's where you get your bonus from. So they're on one hundred and twenty grand a year, and they get a fifty grand bonus on top of that if their decisions yeah. are correct, which... Now, with the instance of VAR, is quite wrong, as you say, because they're scared to have it overturned. Yeah. And quite clearly, that's why, you know, if they're sitting with that over their heads going, 50 grand, like 50 grand, 50 grand, you know what I mean? What do you think? What was the the incident? Was it not that long ago? Was it Liverpool were playing Everton? Yeah, Calvert-Lewin. Um, like, to me, don't get, it wouldn't have made any difference to the result of the game at all. Um, You know, Everton deserved to win, but... And I think a lot of Liverpool fans came out and when they criticised that decision they were taken as, oh, you're just saying that because you're a Liverpool fan. But, like, to me, on initial, like, watching it live, right, it looks as if Trent Alexander-Arnold trips him up, right? Probably a red card as well, right? You see the re... Which is obviously probably why... I can't remember who the referee was, but that's why he gave... Chris Cavanaugh. Chris Cavanaugh. That's why he gave the penalty because in real time it looks like a penalty. When you look at the replay, which he then got on the screen... Yeah. Trent Alexander-Arnold's on the ground looking nowhere near Calvert-Lewin and Calvert-Lewin knees him in the back of the head. I but do you not think that in the process of watching it, Trent Alexander-Arnold does go to impede him because he knows he has a tap in? Well, I think, I'm not saying like, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying, Trent doesn't try and get out of the way, obviously. And you know, maybe his foot goes up at the end. But in my opinion, Calvert-Lewin's already kneed him in the back of the head, which is what causes him to fall. And Calvert-Lewin can't, or Trent in that instant can't do anything else. He's like, he, like Calvert Lewin has ran into him. Trent maybe puts his leg up at the end, which you know he shouldn't do. But the it's the initial contact. Do you know what I mean? That causes him to go down, which would like he wouldn't have hit his leg if he wasn't going down in the first place. But like 
he's definitely looked at that monitor and when i saw that initially i thought right he's going to overturn that but he goes looks at the monitor and thinks right well you know it's a close one maybe i'm thinking to myself right it is not it's not a penalty but var want me to look at it i'm going to stick with my decision because that reinforces that it actually should be a penalty you know what i mean whereas if he'd overturned that as you say referees association or whatever would have been like right well there's a wrong decision so like maybe you know you're right there you know i think a lot of the time like refs used to go to the monitor and every time they went to the monitor it was they're changing their mind every time like it didn't matter what like it was superficial it wasn't there for any real reason it was just right you're going to change your mind but look at the monitor and make it look as if you're you're thinking about it whereas now i think refs are a lot more keen to go to the monitor and not change their mind maybe that's to do with the money involved maybe that's just to do with the fact that they've been told right we're getting slagged off for changing our mind every time don't but then if they're being influenced by outside you know by the media by whatever that's wrong as well so i don't know like i don't know my issue my biggest issue with the referees is that there is no consistency and there's no decision i look at that comes up on var that i think like i've never looked at a decision that's went to var right and var have went we're checking this and i've went right well it's either this or that and the ref always does the opposite no matter what decision it is it's always every decision is a baffling like you know there's not one decision where they're like right i think they should do that and they do it do you know what i mean it's almost like they're trying to be the center of attention i don't but do you not find that a referee who does make an initial decision is told by var to go look and he stands by his original decision do you not think that shows good conviction that is lacking on our referees at the minute yeah well you know what i mean because there's yeah. so many referees at the minute you know that are incompetent they're totally incompetent that have absolutely no right to be refereed in the premier league the, the standard of quality you know you could yeah. list them the standard of quality of refereeing in the premier league has gone downhill it you you're looking maybe at four or five referees at this minute in time that will make a decision and stick to that decision yeah whereas now you know You've got a load of ones that have just came up from the championship, which is fair enough. They're obviously going to find their feet. Some, you know, you can judge them in a couple of years. But there's referees that have been there for nearly, you know, 10 years who are making absolute howlers. And you're sitting going, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Lee Mason at Brighton, or Brighton West Brom. What is like? What even is that? Both, uh, both, yeah. play, both sets of players, both managers are queuing up to criticise him. You know what I mean? Was it not a few weeks before that Nuno Espirito Santo said he wasn't fit to be a referee? Yeah. And then he gets he gets fined for that, whether rightly or wrongly. We'll talk about that in a minute. And then he goes and does that. Like That's just like, that's reinforcing everything Nuno Espirito Santo said. Yeah. And like, you know... Should refund him? Yeah, exactly. Like, I can't... That decision, right, for anyone that doesn't know, basically, um, Lewis Dunk stood over a free kick for Brighton, right? And basically Lee Mason then you can't obviously take a free kick till the ref blows a whistle to say you're allowed to ball was dead Lee Mason blew the whistle Lewis Dunk hit the free kick ball went into the net and just before the ball went into the net Lee Mason blew his whistle again as in to not take the free kick now afterwards and the goal was obviously then Lee Mason went to give it and then it was ruled out whatever but no he changed his mind he was the one yeah that he, you know but he did, was did he not initially did var he, not or someone no, say he, no 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 he initially give it yes he says no problem yeah, yeah and then he blew his and then he went to v yeah. but the problem with var because he blew his whistle before the ball crossed the line var can't intervene it's no. not the protocol no no so it's nothing to do with it's, VAR. it's him yeah it, he completely and you know i mean you've got then 
like that has ramifications. Like Brighton are in the middle of a, a relegation battle. West Brom are in the bottom three. And, you know, there's a man who's getting his full-time job is to referee yeah. football matches who's having an absolute shocker. Like, you wouldn't get that at amateur league football. No. You know what I mean? And what made it even more shocking was at the end of it, Lewis Dunk was interviewed about it. And Lewis Dunk literally said that he asked Lee Mason, can I take this? And Lee Mason went, yes. Yeah. And then blew the whistle. It wasn't that he just but it was blew obvious, the whistle. Yeah. Yeah. He literally spoke to him and yeah. said, yeah. And then he's went, like, I don't know what's going into his head. Whether he's thought, oh, shit, I shouldn't have said yes. Oh, blow the whistle and stop it. Or he's went, oh, fuck, I can't. Like, I didn't blow the whistle and he's forgot. Like, but the thing about that that I don't understand is, so his, his thought process has went, right. Go ahead, take the free kick. Lewis Dunks hit the ball. While the ball's midair, Lee Mason's probably realised that he shouldn't have agreed to it and that Bright or West Brom weren't set, right? <laughs> but all you can do in that situation is let the play unfold and then deal with, oh, the wall weren't ready. Like, how many times have we seen that controversy in football where they take a quick free kick and it's forgotten about the next day? Nobody would have said anything to Lee Mason if that no. had been the case. People would have been saying, oh, West Brom weren't set. You know what I mean? No one would have been all oh, Lemius and this, Lemius and that. And you know, it's in that moment that you should have the composure and the skill set to fucking like realize, right, I can't just blow my whistle again because it'll have X, Y, and Z ramifications afterwards. And you know, it's that lack of ability to work under pressure. And it was, I think Lewis Dunk said himself about how, you know, he was influenced by, you know, West Brom players, by far in his ear, by whatever here and there. And you're like, you want the footballers you said earlier on to be, or a referee as you said earlier on to be, you know, conv- have conviction in his decisions, be, you know, just professional, make the right decisions, work under pressure, and basically support himself. And you don't, you know, when that sort of shit's happening, and it was there, there was another decision, um, you know, the Everton decision against Liverpool when Pickford should have been sent off, and whoever it was in the var suite came out and said himself like a couple of weeks but after that was David Co- uh, again, yeah that's he's only come up from the yeah so it's not maybe not necessarily you know his fault but it was like a few weeks later like initially straight after the decision the referees as always were we were right blah 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 it was this it was that it was this it was that we done this this was correct all this sort of shit and then whenever it had died down a few months later and people weren't calling for his head he actually came out and said yeah wrong decision i was too focused on um the offside or whatever to even look at that but how can you be too like that's your job like that is literally what you're paid to do is focus on that sort of stuff and that's when people complain about as you say like you know the incompetency of referees is lee mason's a perfect example that with virgil van dyke is another perfect example um you know what happened at the weekend was um with players not going down you were saying about um you know we were talking about off air about Phil Foden against <laughs> against Southampton. Yeah, P- clear oh. penalty, but just because he doesn't go down, the refs are like, "Nah, I'll not give it." See, I can understand, right? In that instance, John Moss, another completely incompetent official yeah. who is completely more on like he's unfit. He, he genuinely can't keep up with standard play. But in that instance, that ball's been rolled back from the left back to Alex McCarthy to clear up field, and he's took a loose touch. Foden's closed him. And McCarthy's cleaned them. Now, I gonna have sympathy with John Moss, because John Moss is probably 40 yards away. Yeah. And he's got a back-to-view thing. Turns like a transit bus. Right? Yeah. He's he's 40 yards away, and he's not going to see that, because Foden is blocking his view, and McCarthy... And the way the ball goes, the ball does look like it spins off after yeah. McCarthy wins it. The issue with that, then, is... It's a clear and obvious error, so how can VAR look at that? And, and not then, you know, 
and say, no, that's not a penalty. You know, just because he stays on his feet, he does eventually go down whenever he gets to the ball because he's stumbling towards the ball. He's not completely on his feet running. So if he's on his run, he taps it in. But, you know, you are, as you say, you're punishing. And, like, why aren't we... What's ever happened to diving in terms of yellow cards for diving? Yeah. Because that's completely gone missing. And there's some shockers out but there. But this is my thing. You're talking about... um you know what happened to yellow cards for diving and one of my biggest issues with refereeing whether it's in england or europe or football as a whole is this ability to just pick and choose what rules are important at different times so like i remember watching replays of the 2004 champions league final i think or 2003 at old trafford and ac milan versus juventus yeah the fucking data and buffon are literally about six yards off their line when they save those penalties like Dudek in 2005 when he saved Shevchenko's penalty might as well have been breathing down his neck but no one gave a shit but it was still the rules that you had to be on the line now it's oh if you're an inch off the line fucking far as looking at it yeah exactly exactly. David De Gea doesn't save penalties no he saves one against Palace and it's really lost because he's literally half half a centimeter off his line do you know what I mean and And, then but even then did you see how far they zoomed right in and you tell me that that's clear enough but you tell me that he's clearly and obviously off his line how could you tell like even the zoom because the zoom brings it up and and you're like if you spend that long looking at it it's not clear and obvious exactly like the decision should be VAR should look at it and if they don't decide within 20 seconds that that is a clear and obvious error or there's a definite problem there then just play on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do that in the background. If it's not completely clear and obvious... But that's the difference in Europe. It yeah. plays on in the background. Yeah. You and you never hear, like, about it, you know, and you're, like, when you're watching Champions League football, you're not constantly thinking, var, 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 var. You're literally... You, half the time, you don't even realise it's there. Yeah. And, you know, whereas in the Premier League, like, every single... Like, do you know what my mindset is at the minute, right? Let's say a team's on the attack, and there's a sort of 50-50 tackle that happened two minutes earlier and then they go and score a goal i'm instantly for that entire passage of play being like like if it's liverpool playing i'm like just give the ball away because if you score it's going to be disallowed anyway you know what i mean and that is just not how sports should be and it's like you were looking at you know other technologies and sport and stuff and you know i sort of touched on it in the last podcast that you don't have this issue in other sports you know you have the technology but it's you don't have the constant scrutiny of oh every decision is being looked at everything is going to be changed is going to be overruled you don't know what decisions the refs are going to do all that sort of stuff and like i don't understand why football can't just you know maybe it's teething problems you know we've only, two years in yeah but this is football mate no, do you know what i mean but we're two years in, in in the premier league and we're you know years upon years in europe yeah so it's not teething problems it's just a complete and utter lack of changeability and taking on board you know as we were as we discussed beforehand about technology and other sports and there is bits and pieces i want to discuss with you about goods and bad because there is goods and bads in everything there's pros and cons in every sport that has technology i'll give you a good example about other sports which actually caught my eye during the players championship was so in obviously in golf right um if you play a ball and it lands straight in the hazard without, you know, crossing the hazard line, yeah. you have to basically replay it from where you hit the original shot. Whereas if, let's say, you, so if you play the ball over water and it never crosses the, like, land bit, 
and land straight in the water you play from where you initially hit the shot whereas if you you know hit a golf shot and it lands maybe on the bank and then rolls into the water you can play it from like basically at the bank right that there is something that can make a massive difference right but i can't remember who it was at the players i was watching but someone hit the ball in the water right and they weren't sure if it had hit like crossed the hazard line or not and they just went oh we'll just assume that it has because it looked like it and we'll just get on with it no controversy no let's check the system and zoom in you know to make look at it by a millimeter whether it's over the line or not it was just probably because it wasn't patrick reed well yeah that's true like but fuck um but you know what i mean like there was no like if it was a patrick reed that'd be completely different like but that's a person you know what i mean that but even with patrick but he's reed, got a stigma now yeah but you even look at patrick reed that decision at the was it farmer's insurance home the controversy over that was so minimal compared to like football or you know yeah all right maybe the officials made a wrong decision well he did like let's be honest patrick reed I don't know if he. Rory McIlroy done it the next day. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I wouldn't. I personally didn't think he done like Patrick Reed done much wrong. I think he took advantage of the situation, but like he's every right to try and take advantage. Like, that's it's like minimal gain yeah. in a sport that obviously is it is inches. You're talking yeah. in, in golf, but I don't blame him for that. Like, but you know, it was cleared up, done, dusted. Do you know what I mean? Whereas I don't know what it is about football that it's almost become like a media obsession now as well that. You know, don't get me wrong, I'm not a fan of referees and, you know, I hold most of the views you hold, but sometimes, I don't know, I think they have this siege mentality and, you know, you can't talk to them, you can't speak to them, you can't do anything like that. And I think a lot of that's to do with the fact that they have an awful relationship with the managers, depending on whose fault it is, and the media. But I think a lot of it is to do with, like, you know, whatever the media perpetrates is what most people believe. Do you know what I mean? And, like, the fact that the, me- the media attack every little VAR decision just adds fuel to the fire. You know what I mean? Like, there's one maybe minuscule VAR decision and, you know, Jimmy Redknapp on Monday Night Football is analysing it for 45 minutes. Do you know what I mean? I don't... Uh, in all honesty, what you need to dig into is not Jimmy Redknapp or Jimmy Carger on Monday Night Football. Jimmy it's, Carger on Redknapp. Right. Night. It's radio stations. Yeah, BBC Five Live. See Five Live and Talk Sport. Like, it's ridiculous the way they get on. And it goes unchecked. Nobody comes out and checks it. Nobody says, right, you are completely wrong. They just let them go. But obviously, they're just doing it for viewers and, and, their, and their listeners. And, I actually you know, quite like Five Live because it's so like controversial. That. But, like, it is, you know, it's like us sitting talking here. Like, no one's going to check us, but we're not, like, a live broadcaster. You know what I mean? And, you know, if you're sitting We're not getting paid to give her a No, exactly, yeah. Fuck, I wish I was. Um... What was it? Something I heard the other day. Um, Abamyang, that's what it was in Five Live. They were talking about Pierre Emerick Abamyang. It was Mika Richards and Chris Sutton and whatever. And they were talking about um, Abamyang being dropped by, what do you call him, for by Arteta? Yeah. Now, to me, it's like, right, disciplinary, he's dropped for being late. Okay, that's it, sorted. But there's Five Live having a 45 minute discussion about did Arteta do the right thing? Is there harmony in the dressing room? And it just blows it out of proportion, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, he won the game, so he's vindicated. Yeah. Now, what happens if they lose that game? Which, again, comes down to a referee decision. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which, personally, I think's right. But there was Dermot Gallagher on Sky Sports on the Monday saying, look, I uh, probably shouldn't have given it, but VAR can't overturn him. And I sit and think, well, 
you are kind of right because it's not a clear and obvious error. Yeah. I, you know, it came down to again, it's a subjective decision, right? What for people? What happened? Go so ahead. So the ball goes, you know, ball's fizzed into Alexander Lacazette, and he's just going to the eighteen-yard box. He's about to take a shot with his left foot, and he, he completely, he absolutely miskicks it. Ball spins off, but Davison Sanchez has thrown himself to try and block the ball. That's what it looks like. But because he skimmed it off his foot and it's gone nowhere near, Sanchez then clatters him. So if he gets his shot away and Sanchez blocks it, goes for a corner. But because he skims it away, Sanchez clatters him, and that's a subjective decision that Michael yeah. Oliver then thing. And then back to Jose, Jose's come out and I started saying Michael Oliver's a very good ref, but the amount of penalties against me is astonishing. And they looked into it like he has. He's given like. More, I think he's got. I think it's like three point four games. Every three point four games, he gives a penalty against the Jose Mourinho team. But then again, that's not Michael Oliver's fault. No, no you know what yeah. I mean. It's not. It's a, you know, correlation doesn't mean causation. Exactly. Like, yeah. So, in my opinion, it was a penalty, and uh, Paul Tierney was doing VAR, and he has no reason to overturn that decision. No, yeah, because it's not a clear and obvious error, and. Michael, let's be honest, Michael Oliver is the top ref in England. He, he, It's quite clear that he is. You know what I mean? I don't know how you would compare him to, say, a hard web or Graham Pohl or Mark Clattenburg. Back, I miss Clattenburg. Like. You know what I mean? Back back in the days yeah. where English referees were respected and yeah. highly thought of. You know what I mean? But Michael Oliver is the best of what we have. Yeah. There, and that's, you know, that's just the nature of it. I personally think he made the right decision because... You know, Sanchez is absolutely clattering in them. It's a foul in the box. Do you think this is an impact of VAR's kind of well, failures so far? Because no, because Oliver has had the conviction to make that decision No, but that's, that's not what I mean. Like, I, I would agree with you that, that that is the way VAR should work. Is It's not a clear and obvious error. Maybe it was the wrong decision, but it's not clear and obvious. Keep it, right? I agree. That's how it should work. But the issue is now is that because VAR has taken this approach in England of being every little decision is analysed and changed no matter how small it is fans and players and managers and all then come to believe that that's what VAR is and then when VAR actually then does what it's meant to do it's criticised mm-hmm. do you know what I mean like yeah. if VAR always like if it was the other way around right and let's say VAR took a more European appro- approach where it was only clear and obvious things that they changed right in such a situation if I you know, if it was the other way around where that was not a clear and obvious error like that and they left it as it was, there would be no issue. But if they then looked at maybe a, you know, that Fabinho penalty, right, and gave it or didn't, they'd be complaining because they even looked at it. Do you know what I mean? But because the thing has changed and reversed, it's people are criticizing VAR when it does what it should do rather than criticizing it 99% of the time when it does what it, stu- it shouldn't. You know what I mean? So from that point of view, like how a referee is meant to win. It's overanalyzing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's that's what I mean by like it's the media and, you know, it's pundits talking and five live and on talk sport and it's all that sort of basic bollocks. Well, do you know how to stop it? No. Communication. Yeah, which they're not very good at. No, not even that I'm very good at. Let us hear what they do. Yeah, mic them up. Well, they are mic'd up. No, but I'm talking about like the yeah. on-field referee. Yeah, no, the on-field they are. They're all mic'd up, but they won't play the broadcast. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Because yeah. if you listen to any Sky or BT, they they know the decision's coming because they can hear it in their ear. They're yeah. hearing the conversation, but we can't because they're refusing to leave it. And you know, you know, why can't they do it? And it's pretty simple. You know why? 
Because they're scared in case somebody's going to go absolutely realistic down, the referee's mic and it's going to be heard. And then all of a sudden you're bringing in foul abusive language. But then, this is the thing that I don't understand. It's an issue with football that I've had with a long time, right? Max Verstappen, Formula One driver, known for being outspoken and stuff. Basically, it was like Portugal last year or something, or one of the races last year, it was in practice and someone clipped him. I think it was Sergio Perez. And he came over the team radio effing and blinding and calling him a fucking arsehole and he's fucking bollocks and all this and then afterwards you know that's played live that broadcast no matter what no obviously it's blurred out like but no matter what's said on the formula one team radio is then played live to the audience you know it'll be like you beep and you know so yeah. you know what they're saying but obviously it doesn't say it and max verstappen was asked afterwards he was like do you think you should watch your language just being and he was like why would it it's my job just because there's people listening they choose to listen they agree to tune in to listen to it but nobody complains i've never seen a complaint or an, an article about p- people complaining when f1 drivers have sworn here or done this in the team radio yeah but in football it's almost in a sport that is you know a lot more aggressive than formula one that is you know anybody that's played football knows that you know it's full yeah, of, and blind. Yeah, yeah so i if you're watching football on the tv you know that's going to happen right so what they should do is they should offer an, a service like you know the way they offer the crowd noise and no crowd noise right why not offer a service where press red button for no ref sounds do you know what i mean and then most people maybe if you're watching with your kids right press the red button i don't want to hear that but any n- grown adult who takes offence at hearing swear words while watching a football match shouldn't be involved in football, shouldn't be watching it, shouldn't be playing it, shouldn't have anything to do with it, because that is what football is, whether you like it or not. And just give them that option. And if you give people that option and you're allowed... You know, if I was sitting here and I heard, you know, a player fucking scream and howl down the thing, I would... So what? You know what's happening? There's no difference in them screaming and howling after a tackle. Yeah, exactly. And I use inverted commas there. Yeah, yeah, tackle... (laughs) breathing on the, the Lacazette screamometer I didn't even why was he howling at the uh, weekend was, was it uh, I only at, saw the highlights at, so. not at the weekend though there was one uh, I think it was one with Plim Burnley mm. and the howl like the howl was ridiculous that matched the day on a, a, a Lacazette meter it's like a too good too bad oh thing. it was ridiculous to be fair I find it funny all the time like because uh, there's no like I always listen to it without the crowd noise and you'll always hear every now and then like someone swear in the background and it was, a, it was a couple of weeks ago, I can't remember what it was, and someone came in, it was like the right back, but headed up the field, and, you know, the striker tried to get there and missed and clipped his, like, heel or whatever, and all you heard, like, it was be like, you fucking can't, you know, <laughs> and then the, the commentator's like, oh, sorry for the language, but, like, do you know what I mean, why not give that option, you know, if, like, every other sport that uses technology that I know has that, you know, you have the umpire in tennis, speaks in the mic whenever he has to, basketball, if they ever have to look and make a decision they look they make the decision they go to the monitor and they speak they're like right technical foul on whoever for this this is a penalty put it down fine same when nfl um you know golf the rules officials even though it's, yeah, you can hear they're them. mic'd up yeah. you know what i mean obviously golfers I think, aren't going to be I think swearing the greatest, but... i think the greatest example we can take from communication on a field of play is rugby yeah what's the closest thing because you know, you hear the full conversation between the team and the ref, and you know you can hear the captains on the mic when they're being talked to. 
But the difference, I think, in rugby is they are generally more respectful because a referee... They are. They take no out. Like, you, know, you, can, you can go up and start effing and play. And, and the referees are like, no, right? Anymore, reverse the penalty and they shut up. Yeah. Anymore, you're going in the bin. That's the difference. You could just, you can send min someone in rugby for 10 minutes, which is fair enough because it's a deterrent. But obviously you don't have that in football. Yeah. So do you have that in football? Do you bring that in? It's like basketball, technical foul. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, in, for anyone that doesn't know, you know, basketball, you can get a basically a technical foul, which is if you slap, it can be another player. So even if you try to instigate another player, rile up another player, you can get a technical foul. And you can also get technical fouls for, you know, complaining to the refs and stuff. And basically, if you give a technical foul, the other team get possession of the ball and they get one free throw. And if you do two technical fouls in one game, you're gone. So, like, you know. Do you bring that into football? See, people would complain then. If you brought that into football, people would complain that football was going too soft. But this football is soft. No, I agree. It is. But people but would... But it would be a deterrent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you can't... Uh, me, personally, sending someone off for fun abusive language is maybe a wee touch too much. Unless it's really personal, directed yeah. at you. But if you were to turn around and say, right, if you're going to sit and swear at me, you can go sit out for 10 minutes. Yeah. And then all of a sudden... That stops, and then you then you can start listing, and as a whole, everybody can hear why the referee and what they're what bar are talking about, yeah. and then all of a sudden, is more clarity to the decision. Yeah, because I agree. we're sitting there going, "What what is going on here? Like, what's happening? The only you, time we know anything's happening is the offside when they bring out the stupid lines and start drawing them on." Yeah, which is probably the one thing they do the worst. It is the one thing <laughs> yeah. they do the worst, but it's the one thing they have a hundred percent success. Yeah, on. yeah, I I I completely agree with you. Yeah, and I. You know, we said in the last episode about offside, you know, to me, offside is offside. offside it's the same, offside. same with goal line technology. Yeah. And, you know, goal line technology, it obviously shows you, you know, you see the image of what they're seeing yeah, on the computer absolutely. whenever it goes in. So people are like, yeah. And it's very instant. Yeah. And no one complains or says a word about. Like, how long does it take for a goal line, a goal line technology well, it is instant, to literally. ping the referee's yeah. watch? It's literally You're instant. literally talking milliseconds. And no one complains. No. No one says a word. Can't, everyone runs to him and then he's like, well, look. Yeah. You know what I mean? And. You know, the thing about goal line technology is no subjectiveness to it. It's over the line or it's not over the line. End story. Same as offside. But the good thing about goal line, you know, there's only been one instance where goal line technology failed. I fucking Sheffield United, Aston Villa, Precisely. wasn't it? Which kept Villa up, funny yeah. enough, by a point. But <laughs> that is the only instance that goal line technology has failed yeah. in, in the Premier League. And the best about it is, I don't know if you ever heard, but it actually pinged Michael Oliver's watch at halftime. I so it was late. So it was like <laughs> it happened in the thirtieth minute. Fuck's sake. And then in yeah. the in the change rooms at halftime his his watch ping saying go. But in that situation there, right, do you not think VAR should step in? It, but it's not in his protocol. I know, but sometimes protocol It's clear and obvious error. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I agree. And that, this is the thing that I think they've fixated on protocols with VAR, what it can and can't look at. Um, you know But ultimately that is clear and obvious error. Yeah. That's what it's brought like in for. You know, that's the, that's the type of thing where you should just be like, look, fuck me like this. You know what I mean? Like, And it, it's things like that, I think, infuriate people because it's the most basic common sense, yeah. you know, argument that what the fuck? Like, it's the same with the Van Dyke situation. You know, it's the same with the Sadio Mane against Newcastle where he's basically, your man's grabbing his leg and he doesn't go down. Like, things like that that look so commonsensical and the type of thing that anybody would be like you think you would just look at the screen and go penalty and you know when there's not that communication about decisions you know because a lot of the time 
people think they know what should happen and what doesn't. And a lot of the time when things happen and two people, like it's the same with anything in life, you know, there's two story, there's two sides to every story. And no matter what story you hear, you'll hear that story and instantly think one thing. And then you'll hear the other side and you'll instantly go, fuck, well, maybe it's not as black and white as it looks. And it's the same with VAR and it's the same with decisions in relation to VAR. It's not as black as white as black as black and white as it looks, but we don't know that unless they tell us. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're looking at it and you see a situation happen, and you think instantly, right, that's going to be overturned, and it's not, and then you're sitting being like, that is so obvious. Why is that not being overturned? Whereas if you heard the communications between them, I'm not saying all the time it's you know, it's a right decision, even if you disagree with it, but a lot of decisions might be made, and you might go, you know what, I agree. Fair enough, that's, you know, I think that's the right decision. It's like last year, Liverpool, um, Man United with a Origi, maybe it was the year before, you know, when Rashford yeah. scored. I don't know what you mean. And literally the ref came out and said something that was like, oh, it was too far back, or it was either he didn't think it was a free kick, he thought he went down easily, right? Yeah. If he just said that you'd know. on the mic, you'd be like, right, well, okay, I think it was a penalty. Or, or I think it was a free kick, or I don't think it was too far back. But at least well, I take your too far back because soon as balls won, it spread it out was, and yeah. scored I think it was, three phases. Yeah. I think it was he didn't think it was a free kick. Yeah, he didn't. No, he didn't think it was a free. Yeah. He thought Origi went down too easily. So just say that, and then everyone would be like, right, okay, well I disagree, but at least I understand where you're coming from. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because well, there's two ways to do it, right? You either have it at the time where if you can hear the conversations between VAR and the on-field referee of what's going on and what you're thinking and what VAR's thinking. Because there's times we're sitting and the, and a decision hasn't been gave, uh, given, and all of a sudden the on-field referee's been told to go look at a screen. We've no idea what he's looking for, or yeah. what, you know. Now, by that stage, we've seen seventeen thousand replays, yeah, slowed down, angles. turned yeah. around, and <laughs> and seen from space. Yeah, but he hasn't. He's going. He's getting one ear and thing. This is where the second point of why VAR doesn't work in this country is because the officials using it are the same officials that are refereeing games. So all they're doing is so John Moss could referee the Saturday night kickoff. You know, eight o'clock. Do that on field, and then he can be in Stockley Park doing the four thirty Super Sunday finale. Yeah. You know, and you know, so you're sitting, you're sitting, saying like the consistency. There is no consistency in the Premier League because every ref is different. Fair enough. However, you do expect them on certain things to be consistently, you know, yeah. applying the laws of the game because that's what they're taught. There is yes, there is that grey area where some refs will be punish something more. It's the same in rugby. Like, a lot of discussion came out after the England-Wales game a couple of weeks ago, after the French referee, you know, made a few decisions that were a wee bit iffy. But then it wasn't, yes, rightly, they focused on him for a wee bit, but soon enough they started focusing on Owen Farrell. Yeah. As in, how how do we approach the ref, you know, is he approaching the referee in the right manner? Is he doing it? And then, funny enough, after the game on um Saturday against France, Eddie Jones came out and says, yeah, I told him Farrell not to approach the referee. And that was a completely different referee. It was yeah. a, it was Andrew Brace from Ireland who'd done the referee. And, and I'll be fair to Andrew Brace, and it is a, another thing about technology. TMO didn't get involved, but he looked up in the big screen and seen that he made a mistake. And he changed the decision I saw from the what he seen. From he seen the replay. Yeah. Now, whether that's right or wrong is completely definitive because then you're refereeing by replay. Yeah. But at the same time, fair play to him for having, you know, he admitted that he made the wrong decision. He told him, he said, he said look at I said, I made the wrong decision. I'm sorry, I'm reversing it. Yeah. And nobody complained because he explained it. And you could hear him explain it. I made the wrong decision. He hasn't done what I said he's done. It's not that. We're going this way. But do you think even that, you know, that accountability, 
do you not think Premier League refs lack that to such a degree? Like, John Moss in that game, or Lee Mason, sorry, in that game against Brighton, like, you saw the replays, and the Brighton players were rightly around him, and he was just I mean, like... Some of the West Brom players are yeah, the goal first and he was went just in. like, fuck off, fuck off, fuck off. Like, to me, what do you expect? You're going to get angry, and it's the same with Steven Gerrard, you know, in Scotland, when it was, I can't remember, Morelos Alfredo Moretos, yeah, was booked for diving, even though it was an absolute blatant penalty. And Gerard says, now, whether rightly or wrongly, you know, take everything with a pinch of salt, but Gerard said, you know, he goes to the ref, and the ref was like, wouldn't want to speak to him, and he goes, well, speak to you, speak inside. And Gerard was like, well, I can't speak inside because you hide in the dress and hide in your own dressing room, which is true. Yeah, they do. And then he sent him off. And you're like, you know, what do you, like, there's nothing more frustrating in life than you disagreeing with somebody or someone doing something against you that you think is blatantly wrong and you asking them why yeah. and them ignoring you there is and just telling you to fuck off there is nothing worse like you think when you were a kid or whatever and your parents turn around and were like right no more playstation <laughs> or something or come inside you've been outside enough why don't question me go to your room there's nothing more frustrating than that and that's maybe where this lack of you know it's the same with it's the lack of accountability for referees from whether you can hear them mic'd up might fix it from whether it's the fact that they don't even talk to players or ref or or managers or it's to do with the fact that when managers criticize them afterwards they're fined or suspended or whatever that this creates this whole culture of hate the referees and that in turn like from the fans from the players from the managers and that in turn then gives the referees this sort of siege mentality where they feel right you're going to criticize us we don't give a fuck we're in charge we make the decisions we do what we want and it's just a vicious cycle of a lack of respect for everybody that you don't see in other sports do you not think though they should be wheeled out who the referees yeah. what the shit ones no not we i mean in front of the tv oh right after a game, oh right yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. we get yeah you know, i thought you meant get rid of them they yeah, can't wait to I throw away the losing manager and it's right so what went wrong and then criticise him whenever he tries to have a you know conversation. Yeah, you throw out the wedding manager, you cock a hoop. You throw out the captain, you throw out whoever you think is man of the match, whatever. Why can't you go out and think, yeah. throw out a referee? I and agree. Say, and give them a chance to explain what they're doing. If you're not going to show their communications at the time, then get them out there and see. Yeah, you know. Because the thing that annoys me is I said in the last episode was that ref watch Dermot Gallagher and what do you call your man? Does it for BT during the games? Oh, Craig Paulson. Don't, Peter, uh, don't even no, Peter, Walton, Peter Walton, mate. Oh, my God. Like, that guy he doesn't is... doesn't even explain it. No, but he just... The issue with them is they're not the actual referees, and they've been in the industry for years, so they think they're scared to disagree because they're their mates, which is fair enough. You can't blame them for that, but it's just... That's not... they. Obviously, the TV channels have brought that in and kind of been like, right, this is the next best thing, but it's useless. Well, it is useless because Peter Walton's useless. Yeah, but your man who does it, Dermot Gallagher, you know... Decent referee in his day, but he's just too scared to criticise. And that's that, my he's issue. He's not really, because he does come on and say, like, he came on the other day and he's trying to say that he's the one that said Michael Oliver made the decision, but Paul Tierney can't overturn him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I find that he does actually think, and then Mark Clattenburg does. Uh, Clattenburg's good. He does yeah. it for the Daily Mail. And yeah. he, he has a wee thing of the weekend on a Monday where he goes through decisions and say, well, this is what I would have give. Yeah. I don't mind Clattenburg, to be you fair. I mean? Yeah. But but your man, your man, Peter Weir, whatever he's called, is... Peter Walton. Peter Walton is the worst. Peter Weir's that tube and fucking executive. He is, yeah. my kid's education. <laughs> yeah. Less said about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Peter Walton, mate. Peter, like, honestly, he comes on and... I don't even remember him as a ref. No, neither do I. I don't know who... Like, I remember Dermot Gallagher, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, you remember but, Dermot Gallagher. Yeah, you Peter, Walton. Peter Walton. 
and like they'll bring him in. What was the decision that got me was Salah scored, and it was the goal where against Tottenham and Dyer had Firmino wrapped around. Like Dyer was behind him, had his arms wrapped around Firmino. The ball hits Dyer's arm and then hits Firmino's arm, and you know ball goes in the net later on, and he rules it out for handball. And Steve McManaman turns around to him and he's like, asks him, he's like, Peter, you know what's the crack with that? And he's like, oh, it's handball. And Steve McManaman goes, well, does it not hit Dyer's arm first? And Peter Walton just goes, irrelevant. <laughs> and you're like, how is that? What, what yeah. do you mean it's irrelevant? Like, it's the same with a couple of years ago, which is I've never understood is the decision when Liverpool beat Man City at Anfield 3-1 and the ball clearly hits Trent Alexander's arm, <laughs> yes. right? And, and then, then score yeah. yeah. But if you watch the replay back, the ball comes off and gets Bernardo Silva's arm first. And, that's why, and then that deflects it into the path of um of Trent Alexander Arnold. And I remember them analysing it after, and it was either Dermot Gallagher or Peter Walton, and they were like, Yeah, doesn't matter, they wouldn't look at it hitting his arm, they'd only care about it hitting Trent's. And I'm like, What? Yeah, like, how- it's, it is relevant to the fact that it's hit his arm. Also. Yeah, yeah. It's only hit his arm because it's hit your man's arm first. So like, how on earth can you call you know what I mean? And the fact they didn't just come out and use common sense and say, Look, Yes, it did hit his arm, but on reflection, it hit his arm first. So if we were going to give a penalty for that, we'd have had to give a free kick first. And then everybody would be like, okay, fair enough. But then instead of saying that, they stick to protocol and say, right, well, no, we wouldn't have looked at that. We would have just looked at that instead and gave a penalty, even if it hit your man's arm first. And then everybody's up in arms like, well, why did you not give a penalty then? Yeah, But that comes down also then to the rules of the game that have changed so much no, recently mate, that nobody knows. Don't. And then you've also got the issue of... Um, you know, what is handball anymore? I don't know. I you know I have I mean? no idea. I, I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't even think refs know what handball no. is anymore. No one does. You know what I mean? And there's been some really shockers recently over that handball. That Kante one. But not even the Kante one, what, Lamella one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Davison yeah. Sanchez has absolutely smashed that ball at him from about two yards away. And his hand is literally in the most natural position you can ever get it. It's down by his side. It's literally tight to his side. And it's really yeah. out for a thing because Josh Madger scores off the rebound. Which is now changed from next year. I know. But the problem is as well is handball has changed from the start of the it's season. It's changed like three times already. this season. It you started off. Can't. Did not start off that if it hit you anywhere in the arm. In the box with penalty. Yeah. yeah. And then they changed it to if it hit you anywhere in the arm. But only if it like was the attacker that scored. It was ruled out or something. And then they changed it to it was like the shoulder. It was like had to be Who below. Exactly. Nobody knows. And Who that's knows? like football is, you know, there's a good quote by what's his name? Arnold Palmer about golf. And he, like it's always fire around. And he's like, you know, it's deceptively simple, but incredibly difficult at the same time. Yeah. Football rules are like that. Like when you look at the basis of football, the rules are so incredibly simple. But then VAR and the way it's applied and the referees and everything make it so incredibly complicated yeah. like i could like i like you and me like like i like i've watched football my entire life and i couldn't tell you what the handball rule is which you would think would be the most simple thing to get your head around it's either handball or it's not yeah. i couldn't tell you the rule well, you know what i mean knows it now. exactly but that's the thing it's cleared mud you know what i mean and like it's the same with um you know when it comes like they're thinking of changing the offside rule and all to fit with var and I, why? Well, I don't know. I had no idea. You, why Why are we reacting to... VR was brought in to enhance football and obviously increase, you know, capability of referees to make the correct decision. 
and try and cut out decisions that should never have happened in the first place. Yeah. But now we're sitting, you know, as you said at the very start, we're now working on the basis of VAR as the control in the game and the ref's just there. Yeah. Now, branched into other sports, the perfect example that I like about this is uh, in cricket, the, the DRS, decision review system, for, well, for pretty much anything, but mostly it's LBWs. And a wee bit different from football. It's not so, it's the only thing subjective about LBW is the little small intricacies of an LBW, you know. So, for anyone who doesn't know, you know, if you're over 2.5 metres down from your crease, you can't be given out LBW yeah. too far to make a decision. LBW, sorry for anyone that doesn't know, is leg before wicket, which is like, if the ball hits your leg as the batsman, they kind of have to figure out whether if it didn't hit your leg, it would have hit the wicket. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, if you're over 2.5 metres out of your crease, they can't give it because if you're outside the parameters and no one, that, that's yeah. just the thing. If you hit outside, um, off stump, so if you're pit, you know, if you're hit outside it, you can't be given because you have to be in line with yeah. the stumps when the ball first strikes you. And then obviously it has to be going on to hit the wickets. Which, fair enough, it's simple, you know, it's obviously difficult at the time, but it's also quite simple. You have simple parameters to think. You also can't be pitching outside your leg stump either. You know, yeah. that's another one. DRS is simple along the lines of you make your decision and then if you don't agree with it, you have a set amount of reviews. The minute because of COVID, you have three each in a test match or two in a one day. Umpire makes a decision. Captain has 15 seconds or the batsman. So if you're a fielding team, your captain has 15, minutes, 15 seconds to make a decision as to whether they want that reviewed. And then, same with the batsman, he has 15 seconds to review it. And then it goes into the technology of ball tracking, which is used by Hawkeye. Yeah. And it has been used for... It's the same as using tennis. 20 tennis. years yeah. now. And it's it's not perfect, but it is very accurate to what it is. And they were the same. So what... They had the ball tracking, and obviously have... What they have is they have to have three reds. Three reds is you're out regardless. But they were concerned... Um, oh, so like if you hit... If you've three LBWs, but they're all overturned, you still go out. No, no, no. So, to the example, there's, I'll explain everything. But what I mean by three reds is, as I've just said, it's pitching, pitching in line. Oh, yeah. You know, okay. Hitting on boards going on the hit. Yeah. You know, so you're pitching impact and. Wickets. Ah, yes, I've seen the replays. Like the three stages. So that's your thing. Yeah. So your okay. impact. Um, sorry. So you're pitching. So. Outside off, can't yeah. be. It can't be let. You can't be outside off. bounces, yeah. But pitching's outside off, so that's yeah. fine. Your impact is where is it first struck? You have to be. You know, it has to In be the hit area. the stumps when you're yeah. hit. You know what I mean? So you can't be hit. So you're say you're out that far. You're you're a good foot outside the line of off stump, and it hits you. Doesn't matter if it's going to spin in and hit the stumps, you can't be given out because yeah. you haven't been hit whilst in impact. And then obviously the wickets. Yeah. So back in 2016, they started to be concerned that the umpires were literally just becoming glorified coat stands. Yeah. They were just standing there. And what they did was irrelevant because of things. So they built in umpires' call. Mm-hmm. <coughs> umpires' call is basically you make your original decision based on real time of what you see, which is fair enough. And. It's not a diff. It's it's a difficult thing, and to speed the balls coming out. Exactly, like it would be, yeah. you know, and you've got all those factors to factor in too. Yeah. You know, and has it hit his bat? Has it his pat? You know, so they built in umpire's call, which meant that a certain percentage of leg stump, if it went beyond that, umpire's call got called. Same with the height 
if it was going over the stump. So if it was just clipping and no more, it went the umpire's call rather than, yes, this is hitting. Because ultimately then you were getting, you know, something like 60% more of the stump to yeah. hit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it was like, cause it was like literally nicking and you were giving out. Yeah, whereas it has to actually fall off, doesn't it, for it to cut? Yeah. yeah. So, Aye, whereas what the Hawkeye was giving it, if it clipped it, whether it would fall off or not. Precisely. Yeah. So they did umpire's call five years ago. And that then came down to then the human aspect of what they thought. Mm-hmm. And if you go around the world, it, you know, DRS is very, very good. It's very, a high percentage of back in their umpires. But there is some places where it's nearly impossible to pick what's going to happen because the ball spins and turns more in the subcontinent than in England. Yeah. And in the same in England, it swings more than it would down in India. So yeah. you, you, you literally need this. And one of the good things about it was it built in that umpire's call where it's still a thing. So if it did come umpire's call, so say you were given out and you reviewed it and um, it came down in and it was pitching in line, impact was in line, but it was umpire's call for wickets. You were given out, but your review was still retained for your teammates because umpire's call was that Aye, so you kept that the tight. challenge. So you kept the challenge yeah. for somebody else. It's the same with the fielding team. If they thought you know, someone was given that out, but it was literally umpire's call on the very you kept your challenge again. You know, it was only whenever you completely and utterly like missing the wickets completely, yeah. you lost it. But do you think you said about you know the main thing you've talked about there is challenges? Fifteen seconds to make a decision. Fifteen, you know, whether you want to challenge it. In basketball, you get one challenge a game, I think. In um, uh, basketball, last. Um, for 48 minutes yeah i know right but you're talking test cricket the last yeah 90 over no yeah no i know but um it's more just the challenge aspect that i'm interested in because yeah. most other sports that use and i mentioned this in the last one as well but i'm interested to hear what you have to say on it most other sports that use technology video technology implement a challenge system where it's not just used whenever you know what i mean um like as i say like you know basketball you can implement you can have won a game Obviously, the refs can look at it themselves, but they do that very rarely. But you have the ability, if you want, to challenge one particular decision a game. Tennis, you get... It's kind of like cricket. You get three challenges, but if you win, you keep it. Yeah. You know, do you think that VAR would be would benefit from a kind of challenge system? Now, what I mean by that, I don't mean someone said about, oh, maybe you give a challenge a game. I'm not sure about a challenge a game because... Yeah, you said about per season a certain yeah. point. Yeah. Do you not think that... But what are you challenging? Because if VAR is given the decision, it comes down to subjectiveness of the ref. But if you get rid of... If you only use VAR, except for offsides, obviously, and goal line technology because they're black and white, right? You allow VAR to simply do those two things. And then any other decision, unless you challenge it, goes with the rest decision on field. But then what if you put in the issue of your challenges and you're staying panic and like, shit, I can't waste this challenge. It's fucking August. I've still got to get through the next May. Well, that's just what you have to ration them. That's what they do in cricket. That's what they do in golf yeah, or cricket, tennis. That's what they do. Cricket's not, you know, a certain amount per series. You're getting three every innings in test cricket. It resets immediately back to three at the start of every innings for both teams. Same with tennis. Every set it resets to three. Goes to tiebreak at four. Yeah. Now I think challenges are going in tennis. Challenges are going because if you watch, did you see the, the Australian Open? No. The Australian Open got rid of their line judges and done it completely on Hawkeye. Oh really? Because of COVID, they took that opportunity to change it and went. We want to reduce, so we're doing this. So yeah. they got Hawkeye and Hawkeye done it. 
And then I think it went straight to the umpire's yeah. chair, who was then, that's out. But what would tennis be then? Every decision they would just challenge? But it's not even challenging. Well, not challenging, yeah, just look at Because yeah. the only challenge you had was Hawkeye, yeah. which was challenging whether a ball was in or out, and it wasn't called by a, a human line judge. Yeah. Whereas now, what they done was they got the Hawkeye cameras and positioned them straight down the court, and Hawkeye made the decision. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. So, so there's no need for challenges anyway. There's no need yeah. for challenges because there was no human thing. But that is a robot. Football doesn't have, you know. Exactly. I see. I just see it's different as well because that's a you know football is such a subjective sport where different referees have different interpretations of what way they see a game going. Yeah. To the, obviously the outstanding fury of fans, referee, you know, managers, players, everybody. But that's just a weak quirk of it. It's you know it's black and white. If the I, ball, in tennis, if the ball's out, the ball's out. Yeah. You know, Hawkeye can track the ball to go in or out. You know, there's no subjectiveness to it. It's either in or it's out. Do you think that's maybe one of the reasons that VAR doesn't work? Is the subjectiveness but of football? We're sitting here saying VAR works in the continent. Yeah. So what's the, you don't mean? Here's an example, right? So last night Chelsea Atletico Madrid, Cesar Escalopeda passes, makes a back pass. He underhits it, and uh, Yannick Carrasco is flying past him. He grabs him, and down he goes. Me personally, if it's out, they're like, oh, it might not be out. It might be outside the box. Might be whatever. If he grabs him outside the box, brings him down. Now, Carrasco makes it very, very obvious. Yeah. It's very soft, but he still has a whole arm around his, bo- around his stomach, pulls him. So if he's outside the box, it's a record. Yeah. And if it's inside the box, it's a penalty. And then double jeopardy, I don't know what way. I ain't got so big a bollocks, but right? anyway. So that's fine. So that was, that was you know, what happened. And every, like everybody's like, oh, Chelsea got away for one after. But some stuck in my head. Steve McManaman turned around about. Couple of minutes later, because obviously I went for a corner yeah. at that stage. Um, that wasn't even checked. VAR never looked it up. Yeah. So, are you now going along the lines? VAR hasn't checked up, right? Fair enough. We're as probably as Premier League expecting it to be checked because that's what VAR does. And ultimately, if VAR looks at that, I think he'll return. You know, yeah. it's been told. But how do we know that that Italian referee hasn't turned around to his Italian colleague in VAR and says, "Look, I've seen that. I don't think I think it's minimal. I think he's made too much of it. Play yeah, on. It's not a clear and obvious error. Precisely." Yeah. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? And like you say, you wouldn't even know that. You wouldn't even know your check was going on. I only I didn't know. Only I knew the check wasn't going on because he said it. Because they then explained, we have a screen here that tells us yeah. check ongoing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's there's your difference. So is that what we need to do? Play it in the background and say thing because. But the panic then is is what they may be worried about is I remember one a couple of years ago in Italy where, um. I can't remember who was playing, but basically, ball broke after a very subjective tackle, which was in the box. Yeah. Ref didn't, ref played on. Team got up, broke, and scored, literally within seconds. And it was box to box, counter attack, goal. VR turned around and says, now you have to go back and give the original penalty. So, are. are yes, I <laughs> sure. That was a couple of weeks ago, was it not? No, there was a one. The one I'm thinking of was a couple of years ago. But there I was re- one happened. So it was uh, it was Dortmund, that's what it was. was well, uh, against Sevilla. Right. Same idea. I think Haaland scored, or someone scored an open play for Dortmund, but there was a foul in the build up. The ref ruled the goal out and gave a penalty for Dortmund, even though they'd already scored. Yeah. Well, I, I never seen that one. Yeah. So fair enough. But the one I remember was just a few years ago, and I remember because it was just the the craziness yeah. of like he's let that go and it's and it's you know happen, and which is fair enough. That but that was the way they that was them just implementing it whatever way the thing. And to be fair, he brought it back and gave the original penalty, which yeah. is what he needed to do. Um, but 
you know, maybe that's what needs to happen in the Premier League, where just the checks go on behind doors, and who cares what happens down the line? If it's, yeah. you know, if VR says, no, look, you've missed this, clear and obvious, go well, back and you talk it. about checks going on behind closed doors. What's your opinion on the offside? Sort of, you know, let's let it go on for 10 minutes until they blow up. Well, this is another thing, because then Rio Patricio comes into it. Yeah. Right? A friend of mine, ages ago, <clears throat> said, this is going to get somebody seriously hurt. And now I've heard Rio Patricio was awake and alert straight after it and remembers everything that happened. That's fair enough. But Mo Salah was clearly offside. It wasn't even it was, it was one of those ones watching it on TV. You could tell he was offside. Right. So yeah. w- the referee's assistant has been told, and it's not his fault, he's been told his direction is let it play on. He'd done his job, yeah. Until VR thing. But ultimately, VR then, that let him, what happens if he ended up like Raheem and had a cracked skull? Yeah. Based on the fact that he could have put his flag up. 10 seconds before that actually happened. Yeah. Because if a flag goes up, ref blows the whistle, Salah doesn't keep going, Cody doesn't keep going, and, and Patricio doesn't get a knee yeah. in the head. I think the issue with that one, you know, that's one where it's, it is, you know, if the ref had to put, you know, if he had to put the flag up or whatever, you know, it might still have happened because it was such a short period of time. But the overall argument, I agree, is, is you know, there's decisions I've seen where, you know, someone has been blatant, and it's almost, when they're blatantly offside, you can see the players themselves are like, are you just going to, would you hurry up and blow the whistle? Yeah. You know, like, I think it was Liverpool were playing Leipzig and Mane was miles offside and the ref let him play on and he kind of ran, got near the box and just kind of stopped and because he knew he was offside and he was like, what? And then he basically just fucked about it until he was tackled and then they, they gave the offside thing and you're like, when it's so blatantly obvious, like, and this is where the interpretation of it comes in as well. Like, they've probably, officials, you know, linesmen have probably been told, right, if it's remotely close, let it play on. Yeah, absolutely. Which is fair enough, well, but they then took that as, oh, well... We'll stick our flag up at every opportunity. We'll, or we'll not stick our flag up at all. Like, uh, see the amount of ones that you see, and as you say, you can see yourself without even seeing a replay, he's clearly offside. Why? Yeah. Why not just put your flag up and just go, right, that's offside, we're, we're just thinking. Like, the only time <laughs> the only time I can criticise it, actually, was United versus Leipzig. In the first, le- we played him at home in the group stage, and Rashford went through on goal, and the linesman put the flag up immediately. Now, amazingly, what I heard was Solskjaer himself, Marcus, stick it in, Marcus, stick it. Now he shouted that Marcus, stick it in, because Rashford was on the halfway line when yeah. he was flagged offside, and to be fair, Rashford carried on and stuck it in. Yeah, went the VAR, and he was in his own half. But the linesman put his flag up immediately. Now, the ref didn't blow. The ref let it play. For, because, probably because he could see that it was one-on-one. Rashford was clean through. There was no prospect of hurt. Yeah. But the potential of scoring a goal was right. And he must have knew himself. Hang on a second. That's, that is tight. He's close. Yeah. And it went back. And he was in his own half. And the ref says, no, it's a goal. That's fair. Now, that's an incident where the, ref, the, the linesman did. But why? How could the linesman? You know, so you're, that wasn't even remotely close. Yeah. You know, so they do need to sort of have an idea of what they want to do of it because ultimately, you know what I mean? We're yeah. sitting here, thing. But this is the thing. Like, they initially said, right, with VAR, as I said at the start, was referee as if it's not there. That was the prerogative. But they've changed that for linesmen where it's they're refereeing as if it is there. Yeah. Referee it's there and then we'll decide after. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Just let the linesman referee it as a normal game. Absolutely. And then, you know, if the only things then that 
will you know see the argument there will be then is if the re- the, the linesman puts his flag up everyone stops that's what they're trying to you know thing but the problem is is we're not asking them to put their flag up on minimal decisions where they think mm, you're asking them to put up clear and buck and all these ones that yeah are right in front like there's been i think there was one there i watched a couple of weeks ago it was jimmy vardy against somebody and there was two or three where he was a, f- a full yard off the yeah. and he was close to the linesman and he just the linesman played on you're yeah. sitting going what the fuck what are you yeah. doing yeah 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 you're right yeah you know what i mean it's ridiculous like um and it just kind of i don't even know like the thing that annoys me as well is that like you think right if the ball goes out of play for a corner right and it's not a corner and the team scores from that clear and obvious error should be ruled out but they don't look at that at all but it's true i agree i think that's so you know if you're going to use var in my opinion you either use it minimally or you go all out and premier league is kind of in this middle ground where it's like same way throw in you know if the ball goes out for a throw in and it's the wrong ball, and then they throw it in the score. They just they wouldn't even look no, at it. Wouldn't. And I don't understand. It's the same with the corner. Yeah. It's the same with if a player is offside, the flag doesn't go up, but it doesn't result in the goal, so they just it goes out for a corner. And then the but score, he's offside, yeah. but he scores. You know. Yeah. Me, parent, that is not a clear and obvious error. Yeah, it is. Yeah, which That's leads the sort to of a shit goal. You're looking for. But then they would argue. What would they argue that? Oh, it was a different passage of play. Exactly. But then well, the only way they, they got to that yeah. passage of play is from the other Absolutely. decision. Yeah. I completely agree. Yeah. I don't understand, you know, it just doesn't, yeah, it's the same with like, you know, if, um, you know, let's say the ref doesn't go blow up for an offside and the other team get the ball and they just let it play on because it's like, oh, he was offside, but the other team have now got possession, Revar don't get involved and they run straight up the other end and score. You're yeah. like, well, he was offside, the whistle should have went, they should have had a free kick and it would have led to a different passage of play that wouldn't have resulted in a goal. So is that... A clear, do you know what I mean? Is yep. that a clear and obvious or where is the line drawn and what is or isn't, you know, clear and obvious? Like, to me, a blatantly wrong corner or throw-in decision is one of the most clear and obvious things that can occur in a game yeah. of football. It's true. But and it's easily it's easily done. Yeah. It's either, it's of course it is. One way or the other. Yeah. But they don't even bother looking at it. Yeah. Whereas, like, in basketball, one of the main things they look at is who it came off. Like, that's one of the main things, you know, the cameras and all and the technology is there for. See, it comes, it all loops back to subjective and not subjective. Yeah. And that's the problem. Uh, me, personally, you know, looking at it from, say, last night's decision in the Chelsea game, that was a subjective decision that he's obviously turned around and says, no, I don't think it is. And they've said, okay, no problem. Yeah. Whereas, deciding who the hell the throw belongs to, when it's, you know, really obviously disputedly wrong, and it leads to something, that's... Yeah, that's clear and obvious. It can be adapted. Yeah, you know what I mean. But then the the issue with that is, then if you're stopping it for every corner and throw, you don't it. have to. You can just do it in the you know yeah. in the back. You know, it's instant. You tell yeah, me that yeah. you. But between somebody taking a throw in and somebody not, that somebody sitting watching the game cannot turn around to the referee and go fucking here. He's that's the wrong way. Yeah. <sighs> Realistically. Yeah. No, it should work like that. Like, um, but I just. I don't know, I never liked VAR in the first place. You know, I never wanted it in the game because I saw all these issues, you know, arising. And I just think, I don't know. Like I don't how- think you can, I, I just don't understand how you can use a review system for something that is so subjective. But not for... Such as football. Yeah, yeah, you know what I, I mean? agree. That, that's yeah. the, my biggest issue with VAR too is 
it's a subjective opinion. You're based that is on football. the referee, it is, the referee's it, yeah. interpretation of what he sees or what he thinks. Or one team's interpretation versus another team's interpretation versus the fans' interpretation. I, like, you know, that's that's all around, though. You know, let's not let's not totally turn around and start giving it to the Premier League referees. Cause Premier League referee to a Spanish referee to an Italian to a German is all going to be different interpretations of the way they want to play and the way they referee it. Plus, every ref themselves is different. Because some people might just decide, I kick the shit out of each other. <laughs> yeah. And some might just blow for everything. Because you've seen some European refs that have oh, been blow absolutely everything, yeah. horrendous. And you're yeah. sitting going, any chance here? Because eventually it does seem to favour one team over the other. Yeah. That just seems to be, with European referees it happens, it just seems to be a niggle. But let's not get, you know, same rugby, right? Rugby referees, rugby has the same sort of things as football in terms of subjective, but rugby referees interpret the game completely different. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that it's been talked about, especially after um the England Wales game with your boy uh, Gutierrez or whatever you say I can't even say his I name. Don't know. But it was the French referee, right? And he interpreted it. Every ref interprets it different. And that's just a fact of life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Some referees, you know, might be more infringements of breakdowns some referees might see a scrum infringement more than others you know you you have to know who you're dealing with and you have to know what he likes what he doesn't like and this came after i think it was the wales game where mario atoje mario atoje is a phenomenal rugby player who plays right on the line that's what makes him so good he is literally on the on the cusp I think, or maybe it was Scotland. I it was one of these games. He gave away fourteen penalties, fourteen penalties in the game. Yeah, you know, for offside or something. Just a different infringements. Yeah, or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he gave away. I can't remember exactly, but maybe it was fourteen penalties and he gave away a significant portion. Yeah, I can't. But there was one game where he literally was giving away penalty after penalty after penalty, and you're sitting. You know, it cost yeah. his team. And read the room, lost. like yeah. And, but I don't think it's a case of read the rule. It came down to interpretation. No, read the room. room. That's what I mean. Like, realise what the ref. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah that's what I mean. You have to read who you're playing for. And Nigel Owen, who's now retired as a ref, works for the, the Welsh Rugby Union as, basically as a mentor. So like, he's a referee guru, effectively. Yeah. You know, he is their go-to man for, the, you know, the referee structures mm-hmm. in the country and trying to guide people through the pathways to get them to the elite yeah. level if they've got the potential. He goes down and referees Wales's um, training sessions. He's yeah. up late minute. He says the well, um, the Welsh coach rung him up and says, "Can you come down and referee our game?" You know, in the training. Yeah. There's nothing wrong. I don't see anything wrong with that. That's just trying to get the ideas where he's turning around and saying because he knows these guys. Yeah. He's worked with them. He he goes to refereeing conferences with the you know international referees of the day and knows how they tick. He's obviously during World Cups, they're all put into the same officiating crew. And you've, because this is the thing about rugby, the linesmen are actual referees who run, you know, the touch judges are referees. Yeah. Uh, it's the same with like the fourth official in football. He's a referee. Yeah. Exactly. Whereas we have specific linesmen, which is fair enough because there's two different jobs. Yeah. Whereas linesmen are calling things. You're not calling offsides in rugby because it's a completely different rule. Yeah. Yeah. It's more obvious to a referee if you're offside than a you linesman. Know, but. The touch judges are actual referees, and that's why they're more of a thing. And then the TMO, TMO isn't really like Nigel. I seen again going back to Nigel Owens. I seen one a video clip we were talking about it. His TMO was an ex-referee, who he took over from. Yeah. So it was like 
the best Welsh referee of like the 70s, 80s, 90s. He retired, gave it to Nigel Owens, but then he became his TMO. So he's not, he is a referee, he knows he's up the speed with it, but he's not a current referee, which is the way you probably should be looking yeah. at doing it. Yeah, you need that like, because it's a complete separation break. of powers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is, but that's the thing, you know, it's the same with, you know, it is that linkage of, you know, the referees in the field are going out for pints with the referees in VAR. You know what I mean? Precisely. And, and they're training together, they're doing all their yeah. stuff together, they're doing... And they're mates. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if I was a referee and my mate was referee in a game and I looked at a decision that I thought, oh, he's made a mistake there, but I don't want to do him for one, you just let it go. You know what I mean? Yeah. And hope that no one noticed. But have you not seen as well that subjectively most referees are working in pairs when it comes to VAR? Ever and, noticed. Well, you think about it. Lee Mason and Mike Dean got absolutely vilified two weeks ago. Hmm. Right? And I think it was... Oh, was this for the, the Mike Dean, the two, Crystal Palace No, thing? no, there's two different ones. It wasn't Crystal Palace, no. Um, Southampton versus Aston Villa. Ball is absolutely smashed at Matty Cash. Clear penalty. It's yeah. going in. Yes, I Not remember given. seeing that. Is that when he slides in his arms? No, it's just standing no. there. He just, oh, there's a different one. Yeah. Right? Lee Mason was VAR. And doesn't tell Mike Dean to go give it. Maybe Mike Dean's turned around to Lee Mason and says, I don't think it was a penalty. I think yeah. it's too close. Yeah. Well, that would clear it up because at least we'd know. Yeah. But that's fine. So, or maybe it's the other way around. I can't remember yeah. who's which yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, but, okay. So then two weeks later, Southampton versus United, Mike Dean referees the game. Lee Mason's VAR. Lee Mason says, yeah, you need to go look at these. Like the first one was a clear red card. He took, he, you know, your man, Yankovic. I really first, yeah, right at the start. Yeah. Right, like, like, basically fucking gbh yeah you can see the stud marks on him yeah. for the whole 90 minutes but the next one was bednarek mike dean just give the penalty never give a red card and lee mason says no you need to go review that have a look so he did and give a red card rightly or wrongly who knows it was rescinded in the end but yeah um so that was that and then just to really really rub it in like the next week mike dean get sends off thomas Suchek because lee mason stole them to him var yeah so there's, you know, that was them <laughs> yeah. working together. So uh, yeah. subconsciously, I think the Premier League have put people together without realising in yeah. little sub-bubbles where they've been working together. And it's something that might be worth keeping an eye. I, I do. I go and look and see who referees United games. Yeah. So I do just because the ref appointments get announced, I think, every Thursday for the weekend. Now, this week, obviously, it's an FA Cup weekend, so it's a wee bit transecuted. But yeah. normally you can have a look and you can see... And you know exactly who you're dreading to say. Like, you, yeah. you don't want John Moss. No. I, John Moss is, uh, well... <laughs> or Lee Mason. <laughs> you can see here thing. You don't want Lee Mason. You don't want John Moss. You know, you don't yeah. want DeAndre Manerner. <laughs> you know, you uh, you don't want Craig Pawson. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Who do you want, like? Well, uh, me personally, if you were to turn around and say, who would you want Michael to refer Oliver, to? Like? Michael Oliver, Chris Cavanaugh, Paul Tierney, Martin Atkinson, and Mike Dean. Yeah, everyone has Atkinson's night, all right. I don't right? mind Atkinson. Mike Dean is like Marmot. You know, like I hate him, and everyone thinks it's about him. But at least he has conviction to make a decision, stand yeah. by his decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is flamboyant, and he thought at times you do think, Mike, you know, take a wee step back, son. You're <laughs> you're getting a wee bit ahead of yourself. But I, I I just personally like the fact that he makes a decision. Yeah. Whereas some referees in the Premier League just don't have the gumption yeah. to make the decision, stick yeah, with it, no and balls. you're sitting looking yeah. at it going fuck are you doing yeah it's like they think the decision might change the game so they don't yeah they're too nervous you yeah. know what i mean 
they don't want the headlines and then they inadvertently get the headlines exactly. anyway yeah so look at andre mariner arsenal versus burnley two decisions in that game right first one the handball on eric peters yeah proximity fuck where where is that ever where's that in the handball somebody tell me proximity where where is that yeah yeah, how, yeah. That was that, that was the explanation that came out from the Premier League. The proximity. He was very close, but the proximity saved him. What is that? Yeah. It's right? not a rule. Yeah. And then, as you said, Nicolo Cante, then at Anfield. His arms like this. His arms are up the other way. He's fucking doing a Mexican wave. Right. Yeah. So there's that. And then the next one, where the ball is smashed straight in, and Peters again. Hits him on the shoulder, hits crossbar, rebounds out. Marner gives a penalty and a red card. Hit him on the shoulder. He has to go VAR telling yeah. him no. You know that was VAR working because that's a yeah. clear and obvious yeah, error. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he's made because it's quite clearly hit him. But you know I me. Mean? So that's the infuriation I think with fans that really annoy them is that inconsistency from referees. It is, yeah. And it's certain referees. You know what I mean? That you're sort of sitting and looking well, along the lines of thing. No, you know one of the examples I got was Danny Welbeck. <laughs> you know against Liverpool for Brighton. You know Robertson hits him penalty right right there wrongly whatever and then rashford the next week exactly the same literally an identical situation and i think united did didn't get a penalty for it you know what i mean and you're like it's infuriating and i'm pretty sure the var referee in that game was the same i think it was a different on-field ref but it was the var ref that gave the brighton one and it was the same var ref who didn't give the united one yeah and you're like what do you know what i mean it you're like, what What are you saying in one week? And it does fuel fans, you know, ideas of, you know, referees of personal vendettas against clubs. And you can see why. Of course. In a situation, you know what I mean? You can see why, like, you know, especially, like, if you have the same, like, who was it? Liverpool fans were having arguments about David Coote, especially he'd made a few bad decisions before and then the, the, the decisions he made in that Everton game. And, you know, if he had have sent, rightly, Pickford off, they probably would Liverpool fans probably wouldn't have been as enraged about the Mane offside, but he doesn't send Pickford off, and then Mane scores a very like he's offside. It's the law of the game; he is offside. Yeah. But Liverpool fans then instantly assume, oh, he's just ruled it offside. We aren't even properly looking at it, which isn't true, but it does fuel that based on you know ridiculous decisions that happened before and decisions that look like you care more about one team or the other. It's like Liverpool fans hate Martin Tyler, right? And a lot of that stems from the fact that time Venteke scored that overhead kick. Absolute worldly. And he never, he just went, oh, nice goal. And Martial scored a tap in and he howled at him, right? Now, Liverpool were 2-1 down. Venteke's goal was class, but it didn't mean anything. Marcus Rashford, or Martial was like, what, 17, 18 at the time? 19. Yeah, first ever start for United after his, his big... debut? Yeah. The start? Yeah, off the bench. exactly. First ever, like, you know, after his big 60 million pound move and all. Uh, most expensive. Was it 36? Yeah. Oh, it was raising if he wins the ball on uh, door and all that crap. Oh, right, okay. Um, and it was like, you know, first, you know, most expensive possible teenager and all this. And yeah. he, you know, but as a broadcaster, he should have just realized right i'm gonna get fucking cleaned for this and he didn't and it's the same with referees you know they like referees do not have favorites i like i highly doubt you know a professional referee deliberately decides but it does look that way you know what i mean funny enough again it come down to what we said earlier about you know referees having that sort of approachability they're very protective from the media and you can't see them you never get here and then you know it's quite infuriating because they're obviously people 
you'd like to hear from them more often. I actually read an article that Michael Oliver did. He gave an interview, an exclusive interview, and he talked about it. And he says, all of them are asked, what's your affiliation to any team? So you can't do it. So yeah. Mike Dean, or not Mike Dean, sorry, Michael Oliver is a Newcastle fan. He says, I'm not allowed to referee Newcastle games. I'm not allowed to referee Sunderland games. And then, depending on the situation of the season, I'm not allowed to referee any games that may have in fact, Newcastle, yeah. Newcastle, yeah. i.e. relegation, because, well, they're always in a relegation battle. <laughs> yeah. Which they shouldn't be. Yeah. But they are. Yeah. And he said that. He says, I can't. And the problem about it is, is they're, they're you know, at the end of the season, whenever, like, say the the, chop, like the league title's gone, top four's shown up, you want your best referees refereeing those matches that because matter. they have direct, you know, yeah consequences and that's that is true it is yeah you know what i mean and i think last like he 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 was the referee for the sheffield united aston villa game where the goal light technology let him down you know he done that because newcastle were mid table yeah you know what i mean at the time they weren't in any trouble and they were now this year he might not be able to do any games at the bottom now what games are you looking at in the minute because west brom are gone yeah but anyone involved in fulham Brighton Newcastle, eleventh probably. Yeah. yeah. Well, not that far because there's a oh, bit of a gap. Yeah. But you know, there's Brighton Newcastle's. This uh, is it, it's either this week or the week after. I can't remember. Yeah. And you're gonna have John Moss refereeing it or something instead. Probably something stupid. I'm gonna have a quick look here and yeah. see if it is this week because I know there's some games. There are. Yeah. And then obviously there's FA Cup games. Yeah. Not so. You know, in terms of that. Yeah, eight o'clock, right on Saturday night. Yeah. Brighton versus Newcastle. Who's massive, the ref? Massive game in the context of the Premier League and the Premier League's best referee's not doing it. Yeah. Now, I don't know, maybe he's refereeing United Leicester in the FA Cup. Yeah, I, maybe. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. But at the same time, you want your best in your, your most important game. <laughs> that's yeah. why he done the North London Derby. You know, that's why Anthony Taylor done the Manchester Derby because they are our better effect. Like Anthony Taylor done the PSG Barcelona game. Yeah. Last week. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you want your better officials doing your better games. It's just the, the right yeah. of passage. It's what you want. Yeah, it's a basic, <coughs> you know. So yeah, even, you know, as you say, like they're they're removed from that situation of, you know, they can't even if they wanted to. Yeah. So, but people are still, you know, because of the decisions they make. And like, that's the thing they do. They shoot themselves in the foot um, a lot of the time as well. Like, do you have anything else you want to add on your VAR criticisms? I just think that it needs to be addressed along the lines of the referee. I think the referees are the biggest problem. Yeah. I think it needs, you know, there's plenty of referees out there who are retired and aren't doing anything, but are quite clearly still involved in the game yeah. in terms of, you know, they're, I think Hardweb's like a UEFA technical director or refereeing or some shit. Yeah. Why can't he come and do VAR? Yeah. You know, Stuff like that. Why? Why can't you have Dermot Gallagher in the VAR? Precisely. Yeah. Why can't we have ex referees who are retired from the game but are still capable of doing it in the studio? In a in, in the in the VAR park, yeah. Who are not mates with the referees, but not having to go out then the next day and put a you know a decision yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. Why? Why not have that? You know, because then you've got a wealth of experience sitting in a VAR room who's detached away from. 
yeah the referees themselves completely like subjective viewpoint or objective viewpoint you to say yeah you know where they're watching it and then they're giving a the directive clear and obvious yeah this is clear and obvious i agree i always find it quite strange how the var refs were you know actual referees you know it doesn't really happen anywhere else no. um yeah that's kind of an overlapping thing would you say last point um we never got on talking about football culture but we can do another episode on that because that is an episode in itself like but in terms of other sports what would you say you talked a lot about cricket and stuff but what other sports do you think does the best job of using technology would you say it's cricket um yes and no i'd say the closest to var and other sports to get it far far better rugby yeah with their tmos and I think that just for the sheer fact that the communication is broadcast yeah. at all times. So it is, you know, the referee, you hear the referee. Like, who was it? It was um, England-France mm-hmm. the other day, the try. And it was Andrew Brace was the ref and Joy Neville, who is also another Irish referee, was the DMO. And Andrew Brace quite clearly has said, on-field decision is try. So ultimately, immediately, there's your decision. You then, it's the same with cricket, right? If a catch, if it goes very close to the ground, umpires will maybe give a soft signal of out or not out. Yeah. And then it's up to the, the, the you know, third umpire, the TMO, mm-hmm. to turn around and find something clear and obviously wrong with the decision to overturn it. So ultimately, the ref is still the one who's made a decision and it's up to something that's clear and obvious. Thing. Yeah. So the TMO, Andrew Brace, turned around her and says, I've awarded a try. Is there anything, anything that I, any reason I cannot give this try, for the you know for the grinding? So she went and looked at the grinding. No, you can give the, the balls clearly hit the ground. You can give the try. Yeah. But that's communication. You know what's going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas in VR, you haven't got a clue. No. You've, you know no you've seen him give a decision of penalty. You haven't. Exp- you don't know what the explanation is. You know what I mean? Go back to that Lacazette one with Davison Sanchez. Michael Oliver could have says to the VAR, look, I've given this penalty. I believe that he has made clear contact and fouled him in the process yeah. of shooting in the box. I believe it's a penalty. That's and then VAR could have said, uh, yeah, we don't see anything that would make it a clear and obvious error. Stick you know your on field decision. So at least you know what you're doing. You know. yeah. I think that would make such a big difference. It would just help. Yeah, really see if people understood yeah. what they're talking about. Even if you disagreed, it would and make a massive difference. The next part then is if you haven't given a decision, VR says, look, I think you need to go relook at this. At least then you can hear, well, the reason why I'm telling you to look at this is I think he's made clear contact. Say, say it's an elbow. I think he's made a clear contact and a clear and obvious intent yeah, to throw an elbow at him and you've missed it. You need to go have a look and see what you think. And see if you deem it to be a an elbow and b punishable by yeah. a sanction. Yeah, yeah. You know, so at least then you have an idea of what's going on because all you're getting is a screen saying VAR check penalty player. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then all of a sudden you're getting oh, the VAR no idea. gods. Or you know something, what I mean? Yeah. No, you're you right. You don't know what's yeah. going on, but they do because they're making. And yeah. hear, so why not? What what is somebody give me a reason as to what's stopping it? It's probably just a swearing, to be honest. But that's not between the players. No, I know that's between yeah. them. I know. Oh, I yeah, true. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't really, I don't understand it either. It's I don't know. Um, and then also, cricket is also very good because cricket is it's simple. Yeah, you it's right I mean? or wrong. It's black or white. I it's, suppose Hawkeye is one of the best yeah. technologies out there. 
because it's simple tracking rather than anything subjective. Yeah, it's simple, simple tracking. You yeah, know what it's I mean? the same. Yeah, same with tennis. You know what I mean? Tennis yeah. is another one. It's all you know, and then you also have the likes of NFL. Yeah, you know what I mean. Now, granted, technology—they're more review stuff. And their their laws are very black and white too. It's very you know it is a wee bit subjective, but the clear yeah you know it's not very thing. But they go and review stuff and they speak to the crowd and they huddle. But then they speak to the crowd yeah. and explain what it is, who's done it, and then you get the idea. Because then, because even then, commentators should be going like, I, I, I have I'm, no idea. I'm not sure what's going. On. And then they'll come yeah. out and they'll say yes, holding on seventy four. And then all of a sudden, the replay from the TV broadcast will be seventy, and you can see it. And, and they're like, go. yeah, clear as day, there yeah. it is. You know what I mean? Whereas if you don't know what you're looking for in football, then yeah, no, you're 100. percent I agree. I think. Well, here's what right. Say you're at a corner. Me and you're standing at a corner, right? And I pull you down, but three or four others pull down with us. Who, who, you know, yeah. who are they looking at? Where, where's the decision? Where's the yeah. original offence taking place? Whereas if they came out and said, "Look, pulling in the box, does it constitute a penalty offence? No, multiple pulling from both teams rules it out." Yeah. play on exactly. people would be like okay fair enough but then when they're just seeing the replay of one person pulling this person's shirt they're like how can you not give that exactly but then you don't see everything else whereas as you say you know if they were like multiple pulling and then the replay showed other people getting pulled and you know all sorts you'd be like okay fair enough it's just explaining their decision yeah. it is basic the, explain it, you know I mean explain your decision to your VA. you don't even have to explain it to the players just between yeah. who you're talking uh, yeah. you know yeah like have you seen the clip with jar gillette no the australian referee He's now in the championship and he's done VAR a couple of times for the Premier League. No. So, George Gillette in his last game in Australia's A-League was mic'd up. And you can hear all the conversations yeah. between the linesman, the fourth official, and the TMO. Or not the TMO, the, the VAR oh, official. Yeah. Um, go Honestly, go search it afterwards. A really good watch. He explains everything. And he explains and they're like talking about what it is. And then he goes over to the captain and he says, look, there's a goal for this reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's very, very good. Yeah. What's stopping it? What yeah. is stopping it? Because I a lot, know. you know, it, it it's quite clear. Because there's a, I can't remember what there is. I think it's a goal where it's like flicks off a player and they're talking about offsides. He gives a goal and he goes over and he has a look and uh, the fourth official says, look, if you look at this, look, it's clearly come off that defender. He's onside. It counts. There's no issues. So he, it, they're talking yeah. you can hear what he's saying and then you can hear the linesman in the background chirping up saying look I've got a clear view of that he's you know if somebody goes down the box he says there's no hands he's literally like he's brushed them and he's gone down yeah. there's nothing in it and it just shows how much communication <laughs> yeah. you know there is yeah. going on on the field between them all but we can't hear that no. and we're sitting going like you're blind like you've no idea what's going on yeah I've got a clue yeah I yeah I would agree I think you know even just micing people up or allowing you to hear the referees because they are obviously mic'd up yeah. would make such a big difference. Weird. Um, you know, and I think that would probably be the, the, you know, it's the simplest thing to implement and it would probably make the biggest difference out of all of it. How, you know, I think this is a question I'm going to leave you with. How can other sports get it so right? And how can other countries in football get it so right? But we seem to be getting it wrong. Yeah. It's a good question. You know what I mean? What, like, yeah, maybe a podcast for another day. That's, Why? That is how. What? That's something that needs addressed. And, yeah. and it's not going to be until people start looking at it and going, "Look, we need this." Well, that's what they need to look at it. That's how they need to approach it. Yeah. Is 
not oh what are we getting wrong in an isolated incident but what like what are they getting right yeah that's what you know what i mean that's what they need to go and you know it's like what can we do to improve yeah like and just look at well it works here or this works or this works why don't we try that yeah i agree well thank you very much for coming on dean um thanks for insightful as always yeah um probably might have a part three in var another episode in football culture in the future um cause seems to spark a lot of debate especially amongst people you know here considering football seems to be the life and blood of basically everybody so yeah thank you very much for coming on thanks for listening um hope you've enjoyed it um yeah and i'll see you next time <laughs>